OMG, an encore presentation of the Attentionist podcast. This is the first time I believe I have done this, and it feels completely different. What I mean is uh, I am posting audio from a couple years ago as fresh, and it is fresh um, in the grand scheme of time. This is the Belmont University episode, and this is the most popular in terms of listeners slash downloads uh, of anything I've recorded and put out, and I got some good feedback on it four years ago when uh, I sat down. These are best friends of mine, Andy Harding, Eddie Boer, and Todd Colburn. We all showed up in Nashville many years ago. It's all in the, uh, it's all in the, the file that you're going to hear, <laughs> but... Uh, this is an encore because it's a shout out to all of us who in some way touch on folks going back to school or coming back into the post-summer feels. And uh, it's I just like this episode a lot, and I believe you will enjoy the encore as well. Happy back to school, everyone. I would definitely classify myself as somewhat starstruck, which I'm embarrassed to say because now it seems kind of silly uh, knowing Nashville the way I do. But at the time, it just felt like such a bigger place even than just the bigness of the city compared to my podunk Oklahoma town that I was from. I mean, it was much bigger than Tulsa, but at the same time, it was just it had the star quality to it even then, um, you know, much more so now, I would say. My name is Jeff Little. This is The Attentionist. Thinking about these things and educating the populace about them. I, I'm sorry, I, I really don't know what you're driving. I just don't. Holler and holler and holler. Perhaps the wall is bathed in its yellow light, or perhaps there's been some interference in Bob's brain, but that's how he sees the white wall. This is Jeff Little. Welcome, friends. I'm so pleased that we would be together for another Attentionist podcast. So this podcast I'm very excited about because there was some amount of ambition involved. I had not one, but three guests and me. So it was four people, all jerry-rigged with microphones around my kitchen table and we sat on August August 23rd 2015 um, and these guys I'll give you their names it's um, Eddie Bohr Andy Harding and Todd Colburn we met almost 22 years to the day at Belmont University as first-year students. Eddie had been to college one year before, so he wasn't a true freshman. But the other three of us were, and essentially we experienced Belmont as freshmen in the sense that we were there all the first year together. And we met really early on. That comes up in the talk. And, man, these guys mean the world to me. And... It's just, I, I think each of us are kind of like scratching our heads that we ever met at all. Because it wasn't, 
it just sort of ran, it's just funny the people you meet in college and we never use this term it's not a normal way to describe relationships but like the idea of something being sticky when it comes to when it comes to relationships with like friends <laughs> I, you know there's some some friends you go through college with you go through an intense time with and that's wonderful but the main thing that bonded you was the time in the thing. I hope that makes sense. And then when I say a sticky relationship, something about this arrangement is we continued to keep up with each other. We graduated in 1997. We have kept in each other's lives almost constantly since and it, it's fun and it's funny and it's weird and we've been there for life events on a variety of, of, of scale and level and um, we still get together regularly one of the four moved away for a couple years uh, for a um, an educational thing for his wife but asked Andy and Andy came back other than that all of us have lived in Nashville the whole time and uh I don't know. It's 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 the kind of thing where you can't be but so objective about your own life. But to me, it's it's fun. It's unusual. I love these guys, and I hope you'll enjoy this conversation again. Eddie Bohr, Andy Harding, Todd Colburn, myself, sort of leading the conversation. Thank you again for joining us today. This is Jeff Little. You're listening to the Attentionist Podcast. I did some caddying at the local country club some of my years during high school in the summers, and then I, I worked at a chemical plant in the maintenance department um, at some point, but I think I, that was the summer after freshman year of college that I did that. So unemployed, um, my I think my primary activity um, during the summer was um, doing a... Uh, I was involved with a group, uh, it's called Campus Life, and the leader, Larry Schultz, uh, had this singing group that he put together uh, every every summer, and we... Koinonia? Koinonia Singers. Yes. Thank you, Todd. Um, <laughs> and so we would get together for a few weeks uh, in the beginning of the summer and go over the songs and go over choreography. We would have... We had outfits. We would wear... And, um, we wish you had outfits. I don't think I knew this. Would go, we went on tour. This was kind of my second or third year doing this. We toured the Midwest and, and went to places like churches. Uh, we went to a youth prison and sang for the inmates of a prison uh, north of Madison. We made our way to the, the, the upper peninsula of the UP uh, and... Uh, all in, and Larry was b both the choir kind of choir director, choreographer, and the bus driver. And he had a big yellow school bus that he drove us around in. And we we made our way down across Mackinac Island and into the mainland of of Michigan, hitting dates, having dates along the way, and then took put the bus on a ferry boat and took took the ferry across Lake Michigan. I'm not sure where the departure city was in Michigan, but the arrival city was Economowack. 
Wisconsin, um, and then you know made our way back to to southern Wisconsin, Janesville um, area where where I'm from, and so that was my main activity that summer, I believe. Your eventual major at Belmont was commercial dance, is that right? <laughs> I uh, that's not that's not correct. I was a a chemistry uh, major. Uh, oh, that's physics right. physics that's minor. Right. Of course, of course. Um, dude, when you're um, talk to me about your family's impression of you going away to Belmont. Uh they had a. I mean, it was a pretty, it was a pretty great situation for everybody. I was, I had a, I had a very good family life. I was, you know, I was. It was not the kind of thing where I was bitter and looking forward to getting out of town. But I, but I was looking forward to to going away to college. You know, a lot of my friends and peers were, mm. you know, headed to UW Madison, uh, which is an incredible school. And maybe I should have gone there. I don't know, but um, oh, it, <laughs> but you know, it's a it's a it's a great school. It's just you know, it was forty minutes down the road from where I lived, and um, but uh, but I was you know I was just looking forward to to getting away. And, and my mom is actual actually a, a graduate of Belmont University. Um, she's she graduated. She was uh, nineteen sixty seven graduate of Belmont. So it was. Uh, you know they were they were positive about it and excited for me. I mean, you growing up, then you you knew from your earliest days. Hey, my mommy went to Belmont University or Belmont College, or there was a kind uh, of familiarity. Not or, or well. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I guess so, but I mean, it wasn't really talked about that much. So I wasn't. It wasn't until probably I was you know a teenager that I was even aware of where she went. I, I came. I, we actually visited Nashville. I, we were coming, passing through um, when I was a freshman in high school, and at the time, I don't know how I developed this, you know, attraction. But I, I was interested in visiting Vanderbilt at that point as a freshman in high school as a potential school. I was already thinking about college, and I, I really, you know, was attracted to Vanderbilt. And I don't know what it was about Vanderbilt or Nashville that um drew me in i I was born in tennessee and we had moved to wisconsin when i was 11 and i guess there was part of me who wanted to return and sort of be back here for some reason but i wasn't even from nashville so i'm i'm not sure what that is but i I think the fact that it was a larger city and it was away but not completely foreign i mean there was still like kind of the the links to tennessee through family and whatnot um but and we, we I remember driving by Belmont at the time when I was you know 15 years old and then my parents said oh, this is where your mom went to school and I you know really had no interest in exploring <laughs> the campus or Zelda <laughs> you know I just was like oh, okay whatever I just yeah. but um, yeah I mean as as the years kind of went on and I began thinking about the cost of college uh, you know. Belmont was a much more practical option, I think. So, Todd, talk to me. The summer before, where where were you? What city? What were you doing? Yeah, I was in Owasso, Oklahoma, a little small town north of Tulsa, and um, kind of like Andy, I was semi-unemployed. I mean, I I spent most summers mowing lawns 
for the basketball head basketball coach uh, of Owasso. So I was getting a little little walking around money. Um, but I, like Andy, uh, I ended up working for you know the equivalent to a chemical company. It was like an injection molding place doing accounts receivable. Uh, smelled terrible. Oh man! But uh, you know, little odd jobs here and there. Uh, but yeah, I was spending my summer just you know buying milk crates because that's what you did when you prepared for college, right? You bought milk crates. That was the thing, kids. Well, well, kids, that's what we did back in 1993. Do you mean like the plastic things? Yeah, like. That was always the idea of this sort of modular shelving slash, you know, tubs for carrying stuff. I mean, like, that was, like, I must have gotten as graduation gifts, like, 17 milk crates that I didn't take with me. Um, They're the generic ones you got at Target, not actually. Oh, yeah, no, no, they were definitely, the milkman did not come, yeah. Uh, I had a couple conversations with Andy that summer, because um, we knew we were both going to Belmont, and... Uh, so we actually had a couple of conversations about, you know, who's bringing what. I've got a black and white TV. How about you? You know, um, that was kind of interesting. Well, tell me, do you have any memories of that, those phone conversations? Well, yeah, I mean, just in that they were, you know, 10 minutes long. They were utilitarian in nature. Uh, it was, you know, really exciting that I actually knew who I was going to be rooming with, uh, which, you know, and leading up to, you know, we're 600 miles away from Nashville. So the idea of going 600 miles away to this place where I don't know anybody um, was very exciting. We, Andy and I had toured Belmont together and interviewed for a scholarship, um, I guess probably the spring of our senior year in high school, and uh, basically hung out for three days uh, touring Nashville, hanging out with a bunch of Belmont students. And so the idea that I knew somebody who I, who I liked, and you know, that was exciting. So it was really just that that eager anticipation of what college was going to be like. So talking to my future roommate and sort of figuring out, you know, well, what crap do you have? What you know, I I've got this. Do you have this? And um, you know, it was just there wasn't much to it beyond that. You looking forward to going? Yeah, yeah great. Good. <laughs> uh, well, well, just the idea of go, going from your hometown where you're quite enmeshed and then you're going to go to a brand new city and you're going to live with a stranger and share a small room and a bunk bed which is smaller than the bed you're probably in yeah um it's a funny thing and i like that you guys were working this out on the phone in advance i wish we could go back and listen to like a recording of that tape oh it'd be and, great and listen well, to actually, the guineas. <laughs> we have that <laughs> oh man um Eddie, talk to me. Your story, in some ways, is very similar. In other ways, not as much. Uh, the summer before you came to Belmont University, what was going on? Uh, well, I did not take a ferry on a school bus across Lake Michigan. So. <laughs> but I, uh, I was working at um, a place called Johnson Boiler in their engineering department. Apparently, we all had some kind of industrial sort of experience. <laughs> Mine was full time. Like, I, I, not you guys, and you're like, oh, I, you know, a little money on the side. Like, <laughs> I was full time. I wanted to. I thought I wanted to be an engineer, but a different kind of engineer. Ooh. But I was in the engineering department, literally teaching. Not, I had figured out AutoCAD. You know, they were doing all technical drawings with pencils and pens. And I had started figuring out this new technology called AutoCAD where you could type it all in and build these 
um, diagrams and stuff. So I was doing that. I was kind of this whiz kid that was doing that for a couple summers. Whiz kid with a ponytail and an earring. I True. had no idea. Can you yeah. teach me AutoCAD? Yeah. Still? <laughs> so I would, yeah, I kind of, and I, would, you know, that's I had done that in high school. Try to, you know, took mechanical drawing and figured that out, and that's kind of what I took to this place. But I was doing like blueprint. Like, I don't even remember the process. I just remember it stunk like um, ammonia horribly. Who knows the kind of torching I did to my lungs. But we are, I'm in some big room with making huge... Making huge... Making huge printouts of, like... To. <laughs> of Of uh, boilers and the parts of the boilers and anyways. But uh, And then in the morning, I, was be, I would be doing a pool. I had a pool I cleaned and made a lot of money for little time so um they lived in grand haven michigan kind of a beach town yeah isn't grand haven kind of a it's like it's the miami of michigan <laughs> everyone <laughs> yes. owns a jet ski <laughs> yes that, we didn't but uh we had my grandpa had a pontoon boat which is kind of like yeah. like a jet ski <laughs> the yacht yeah the yachts of grand yeah. haven yeah. yeah we we did have the sea dews but so i did so that summer before i probably spent a lot of time sea doing and I, I remember having my last sea doing trip before i left for nashville but yeah that was what i was up to no singing no dancing no dancing full-time job <laughs> when you thought about going away this is just for anybody that wants to answer when you thought about going away to belmont that summer i know i'm asking you to remember something from a long time ago was there an impression that you were particular impression of nashville or belmont or both that you were particularly excited about that seemed that seemed critical that you were going to go and this was going to happen after the tour of Belmont the previous summer or that, earlier that summer probably spring of whatever 92 or 3 I don't remember but the spring before when in your shop I just remember thinking how trashy Nashville was and that neighbor I mean seriously I was like really we you know picked up a random hotel which now when I see what hotel where we were we just you know whatever the equivalent of MapQuest was back then and you just yeah map yeah, map in one eight hundred Comfort Inn or whatever, and we ended up someplace over where the stadium is now. The Days Inn, yeah, by the stadium, oh, wow. which is not a place where you still want to stay. But that's where we stayed, and I just remember thinking, "This is a little." And then, even in like the heat of being here, I was like, "This kind of their trees were bare, and it just was not lush." I kept thinking, "I heard that this place is wealthy, and we're near Vanderbilt and that whole area, but." just was so i came that i kind of came concerned you know yeah. <laughs> really like uh is this the town that i really want to be in? I, <laughs> I believed in this this program that was the music business program that got kind of suckered me down here and that's what i was yeah, excited which, about which by the way i hate to play role of host for a moment but i've got to i when you're talking about engineering and autocad how in the world did you go from engineering to music business yeah. in the span of like a month I mean, like, no, it was more than a month. I think I was just so into, I was into music and wanted to, I thought I wanted to produce it, but I quickly figured out that wasn't my thing. I played the drums and sold my drums to buy my car and figured I did, you know, after coming here, you realize those kids that did the commercial program, they were like sold out. I had not even an ounce of the kind of passion they had for their music, but I thought 
the technicalities of recording music and you know, I'd spent some time in Grand Rapids at a studio and thought it was cool and thought, hey, this is, yeah, I'd love to record. That would be fun. I did my sound at church for like five years. Well, you describe being sucked into the music business because I would say that was something that you asked the question, Jeff, about, you know, what... The anticipation. The anticipation of Nashville and or Belmont. I know for me, like, Belmont was this unknown commodity. I'd never heard of Belmont. My guidance counselor gave me this trifold brochure. I Like Andy, I was thinking, Vanderbilt sounds like a great school. I've never heard of this Belmont. Uh, <laughs> but... I, in Nashville, on the other hand, when I when I toured Nash when I when I traveled around Nashville and came back again, I would definitely classify myself as somewhat starstruck, which I'm embarrassed to say because now it seems kind of silly uh, knowing Nashville the way I do. But at the time, it just felt like such a bigger place, even than just the bigness of the city compared to my podunk Oklahoma town that I was from. I mean, it was much bigger than Tulsa, but at the same time, it was just it had this star quality to it. Even then, um, you know, much more so now, I would say, you know, because there's it's expanded to, to more rock and, you know, any, many other things. But at the time, it just felt like, you know, anywhere you go, you could meet a celebrity. And, well, you know, for the small Oklahoma boy, you know, small town Oklahoma guy, that was pretty special. I, I guess I have two questions all of a sudden about that, Todd. Garth Brooks is from... The Owasso area, Tulsa area. Well, he's from Yukon. His wife went to Owasso High School, which is where I went. Or his ex his, Yeah, I was going to say. Sandy Brooks. Was, and this is all fall 1993 when we actually all got to Nashville. Was, was something like Garth Brooks on your radar at that time? Well, so I like to think of the pinnacle of country music being somewhere in the ni- you know, early 19th. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, Garth was at his, you know... Yeah, right around his peak, I think, around that time. So, Just I mean, a, a, a country music star, the likes, which we really hadn't seen, because he was... He was just He'd doing like stadium in. concerts yeah. in the mid Multiple stadium concerts yeah. in a row. Um, and this is someone from your neck of the woods. And no. as I understand Garth's story, he came to Nashville and kind of did the small clubs, but got big quick. And, um, and, and the second thing... The second thing is, you were familiar with contemporary Christian music. Maybe there was a radio station or something. You knew about CCM. Is that is that a way? Of well, saying? I mean, you know, I I grew up with the, um, you know, I had to, I had to sneak time with, uh, you know, top forty radio. I mean. I, I wasn't allowed because to listen why? to secular okay. music. <laughs> like, a, like a parental thing. <laughs> yeah, okay. yeah. So, I mean, I was very much plugged into, uh, you know, Christian music. Um, you know, and, and, and CCM even was sometimes kind of a stretch. I mean, it was like CCM was kind of controversial. Um, I, I mean, I, I know I know how silly that sounds, but I mean... No, I haven't seen it. I mean, not just, not just in my immediate family, but I mean, in the church at large... Um, the idea, you know, there were more than a few, you know, furrowed brows when, you know, somebody would play Christian rap. Like, it was not cool. <laughs> well, I wonder if you had this experience. Um, Amy Grant was suddenly on pop radio where I grew up in Virginia Beach, and it wasn't to sing... Thy word. It was to sing, baby, baby. <laughs> and it was it was a pop song. It was sellout. not a Christian She's song. She's a sellout. There was a lot of talk that I remember of, hey, 
is so and so selling out? Mm. There's so many ways, of course, to sell out. Right. Um, but uh, yeah, that was some. I mean, I I think if you had to pick a time of of a lot going on in. If you had to think of time, a lot going on in Christian music. When we started college, and then Nashville, Tennessee, it was about as. I think the arc of Christian music. It was a very interesting time. It was a really interesting sure. time. Yeah. Um, Andy, were you? Was the Christian music thing? Were you thinking about that? Was that on your radar? Was that in your life? Yeah, definitely. I mean, the, it was in our life, in our dorm room. The. Uh, <laughs> You know, the, the tour that I mentioned <laughs> uh, was the, all of the catalog that we sang. It was a CCM. I mean, we, we sang, we did covers of these Cindy songs. Morgan. Well, give me, yeah, like what? Do you remember any of them? Yeah, give us your set list. <laughs> um, yeah, we, we, did, uh, we, did a, we did a Michael W. Smith song. We did, uh, we did DC Talk. Um, I mean, it was an evangelical type of uh, endeavor. I mean, would you we, even have like we had skits? We had sketches that we did. You know, it was. It, it, did you make an Did you make an appeal for folks? Yes, yes. I mean, there was to there was, come down and pray with someone or something like that. I don't know. I'm guessing. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um. And so the music in that business. That you were doing. Sorry, I'm sorry. I should in the, the art that you were performing, the music, <laughs> the music. A lot of it you would maybe not even. I don't. You tell me, but you were eventually going to come to sort of a center that sort of organized that music. I wasn't really plugged into that aspect at all. I mean, I. He was just there for the dance. <laughs> I, I mean, no. I mean, I, I guess I had a. I guess I had kind of a strange relationship with music, and maybe I still do, but I... I mean, my first concert that I remember going to... My friends... I remember my friends in being in, like, in high school, being in an English class, and, you know, the person next to me, Kelly Jaycox, coming in with a, with a, a U2 shirt on. They'd gone to the concert in Madison the night before, you know... And it's like when I think about what I missed out on, it's just like, whoa. I mean, I could have seen the cars hovering above the stage from, uh, yeah, what, what show was that? The Zoo Tour? Yes. Yeah. Or, or, yeah, it was. It must have been Zoo. I don't know. But, um, no, my, my first concert was David Meese, who most people, even CCM people, probably don't even know who that is. <laughs> I know who that is. I know who that he, is. He came through my church. He used so, to say, uh, you know, I, yeah. and I went to the, the New School Jam, the, the DC Talk, yeah. Dynamic Twins, yeah. and Heather and Kirsten uh, in Deerfield, Illinois. I mean, you know, I was pretty plugged in to it, but I wasn't, it's not like... I just, I just wasn't. I mean, I love music. I really do. But I don't, I don't. I guess I'm not a fanatic. You know, I don't, I don't really. I don't know. You're kind of a dynamic twins fanatic. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I think my, I think coming to Belmont really did open my eyes to a lot of other, to, to music in general in a lot of ways because there are so many really serious musicians, and if they're not musicians, they're music lovers or want to be. You know, involved in some aspect of music's production or business or what have you. But um, 
So, I mean, I'm, you know, Jeff, you were an influence. I mean, your love of you 2 and any number of other groups and individuals, you know, David Winston, uh, Michael, Michael, who is it? Michael Card? No. <laughs> Winston, George, George, George Winston. Winston. Thank, Thank you. you. Sorry. Yeah. Oh. Um, deeply affected you <laughs> <laughs> to the core. George Winston. Um, I mean, you know, it just yeah. like just being exposed to people who really had a passion for individual artists and groups. I just wasn't. I just didn't have that experience. I mean, my parents never. I mean, other than the occasional, you know, eight track or or a record of of Kenny and Dolly or of Elvis growing up, we just didn't listen. We didn't have music piping through our house yeah. on a constant basis. And so that wasn't really my experience. I um, just didn't have that relationship, you know? I think that's, well, I, I think, I think you're the normal one. <laughs> I mean, there's, there's so many ways to uh, just affirm your, your relationship with music. I mean, I, you know, that, that was kind of the, uh, that was kind of the experience that I felt I needed to do something about when I was coming to Nashville. Was I would sit in my bedroom and listen to cassette and CD for hours, and I would pour over the, um, the sometimes they're called J cards, but the booklets, mm -hmm. and I would look, especially with Christie music, I would look and like absorb every little detail in this tiny little print. And half the time it was like recorded in Brentwood, Tennessee, recorded in Franklin, Tennessee, recording at Quad Studios, Nashville, Tennessee. Thank you to Scotty Smith, my pastor. <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, yeah uh, this album is a part of the art house in Bellevue, um, meaning the Bellevue area of Nashville, Tennessee. And I, would, I was 15 or 16, and I'm like, what is all this stuff? I have to know more. And so, Eddie, talk to me about any of that stuff yeah I mean it's funny because I didn't bring up Christian music but it was big in my life Whiteheart was huge in my life what album did you come in on with Whiteheart come in on Don't Wait for the Movie and my dad had taken me just I think I just randomly got a cassette from my dad kind of the Todd fashion not that I wasn't allowed to listen to pop music but my dad hooked me up with something because Petra was in our mix a little bit but <laughs> you know looking for some diversity so he we went to don't wait for the movie and they came to a local college and shot a video and me and my dad went and kind of that bonding moment but yeah so um, they shot a live concert the whole thing and I would just sit and watch the VHS of the show that I was at because they released it as a, a piece it's huge when you're uh, young that's so huge yeah seriously so like the liner notes and all that kind of stuff and at the end of the shot I remember the video you can see the back of my head we were in the back of the row and back row and there was a camera right behind us, and I just remember like, that's the big of my head! I'm in that! So my sister was into music with DeGarmo and Key, and eventually uh, DC Talk, and so we appreciated that stuff together, and I don't know, but I'm so jealous because, you know, my family was into Southern Gospel, and so when we went to, like, the last family vacation we took before Belmont, the summer before we went to Nashville, <laughs> and I was like, Mom, Dad, come on. Like, 
I'm going to be in Nashville for the next, you know, forever. Um, please, can we go anywhere other than Nashville? Was so, it to check it out, though, a little kind, bit? For them, it? yeah. I mean, I'd like, I checked it out. I'm satisfied. We're doing this. Uh, but we went to Opryland and uh, ran into one of the Cumberland boys. Um, okay, which, I'm sorry. I'm not totally sure. That's, that's no, no, you don't have to. Point. Yeah, you don't have to know who that is. Um, nobody knows who that is. <laughs> um, but but the Cumberland Boys, you know, was played off a cassette tape in our house on Saturday mornings when we cleaned house. And uh, you know, so I mean, like my parents, you know, were like, yeah. I mean, wanted to get their phone, his phone number, and maybe Todd would, you know, make a great connection, and you know, maybe end up in the music business somehow. So you know, it's like there's a magnet that draws you into the music business. Todd, can I just interrupt? You, will you tell the story about oh, no. the Carmen and your dad? I was gonna, I was going to bring that. Up. <laughs> Sorry, Dad. I will tell the story real quick. When I graduated high school, <laughs> oh, that wasn't on this trip. For some reason, I thought no, is this, I was no. Insane. This was in this was in Oklahoma because Carmen was from Oklahoma, oh, and yeah. uh, um, so we went. Well, to, just to, explain who Carmen was because not everybody. probably Oh my gosh! And, and and kids, go look up Carmen <laughs> because Carmen some is of this a female is so singer. Great. Carmen no. is a male. Oh, Jeff, it's is it Carman? A man? <laughs> yes. Okay. Uh, Definitely dumb. <laughs> Come on now. Come on now. But Carmen talked Dude, a lot. I'm during looking his songs. at a Carmen poster on your wall. Right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Carmen was, you know, one of the biggest things in Christian music in probably the '80s, right? So, um, along with Sandy Patty and a number of others. Oh my gosh, this is bad. Um, we went to a steakhouse outside of my little small town. And uh, it was a celebration of my graduation and my impending journey to uh, Nashville. And Carmen was standing in the waiting area, uh, you know, waiting on a table. A regular um, guy. Regular guy. Um, although looking more busy and, you know, <laughs> more important than the rest of us. Uh, but my dad and my parents had gone to the Young Messiah tour, uh, which Carmen was a part of. And this was, you know, a, a compendium of all the Christian top, you know, top Christian artists doing Handel's Messiah, but in a very contemporary fashion. <laughs> and uh, so my dad goes up and, you know, oh, he starts shaking his hand. I, um, you know, you know who's uh, really good, Carmen? That Michael English. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and, and Carmen says, what's your name? Ron. Ron, really good to meet you. And just immediately exit stage left. <laughs> That's fantastic. Oh, oh boy. Um, well, it was important for me when I first came to Nashville to figure out um, some way of, in, in a humble way, of, uh, of reconciling this Christian music passion that I was dealing with um, and I ended up uh, finding out, and I, I think Eddie, you were a big part of this. We ended up going to Christ Community Church in Franklin, which was not close to Belmont. It's a good thirty-minute drive. Um, a bunch of Christian music, music kind of stars, so to speak, um, were attending there. Do you remember? Do you remember that time? I mean, we used to, yeah. It was Beat Women 65 was just two lanes. <laughs> it was. <laughs> um, it was almost before there was a Cool Springs. I mean, it was really yeah. maybe being built. Well, when we finished. got here, I remember just the mall had just opened. 
and so there was nothing much around there. But yeah. well, I mean, Bellevue Mall is being torn down <laughs> as we speak, and we realized that it was built in '90. Yeah, unbelievable. That was a spot to go to because yeah. <laughs> they had Abercrombie and Fitch. That's right, and the old school Banana Republic. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, but yeah, I remember you and me and John Ludlow and a couple other kids getting in the red. We had a few young ladies. I think Allison McCommons went yep. sometimes. Yeah. Um, man, there's somebody That else. red van. John's yeah. red van. And, and sometimes we... Amy Dixon occasionally went with us. Matt? Matt Turner. Matt Turner. Matt Turner may... He, if he wasn't driving with know. us, he was riding. He was definitely you know, He was the car behind him. <laughs> <laughs> but, but that really hits on kind of what I was saying. Like, even... Like, nobody was really immune from this notion of, like, the yeah. star power. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, that was a big draw, and that just seems completely different today. I mean, like, I don't know if that element still exists at Belmont. I had such a hard wiring about being an evangelical Christian that needed to get people saved. And that was my upbringing. And this idea that Christian music was getting more popular and kind of more powerful in the world. And I was in the middle of it. And the music seemed to be getting a little better all the time. I was overwhelmed with how awesome this all was going to be. And um, it was exciting. And there was there was this sense of, well, not much longer now. And everyone's going to know Jesus. And um, there was there was an innocence to that that existed to my imagination. Then I, I feel like the world has totally changed. now. <laughs> of course, I've also gotten older and I just think about the world a little differently. There was an innocence to how I thought about Christian music, what I believed was possible with Christian music, what I believed Nashville was sort of in this kind of Nashville, you know, just state the obvious, it was just a smaller arrangement in the early 90s. And I'm sure people in the early 90s were like, well, you should have seen it in the mid 70s. You know, I mean, I think, I think um, it's all relative, probably. But the feeling of the art scene was, was pretty pretty small and tangible um that was uh, and that all colors and affects that summer and the beginning of my coming to nashville experience um and i haven't i hadn't said it yet but uh my job before i came here was i worked in one of the finest hotels it was also a christian hotel um <laughs> in Evangelical. The only uh, Christian hotel in the entire world. <laughs> well, it really was the only uh, five-star evangelical restaurant <laughs> in the Eastern Seaboard. It was called the found. It still is called the Founders Inn. It's a part of the campus of the Christian Broadcasting Network. And um, but lest you think I was enjoying my work, I was in the dishwashing department, and I would constantly, I would constantly be thinking I was caught up with all the dishes and then the one side of the dishwashing area was connected to the banqueting area and I wouldn't even know that there was a banquet going on and then I would see <laughs> I wish I could show you guys the pictures of this stuff just like the like automobile size um, like uh, uh, shelf shelf carts so the size of cars coming down this hall Full of dirty dishes, <laughs> and it was all Christian conferences, and just oh, I was 
it was a fantastically horrible job because you're just throwing away and touching food that other people have messed with for eight ten hour shifts how many baskets full of food was it <laughs> <laughs> was it mostly bread and fish well yeah because it was all pre-prayed over I ate whatever I wanted <laughs> um no it was was uh, it meat sacrificed to idols right <laughs> um talk to me about Pembroke Hall mm. where I did, love Pembroke Hall where, does it, does I, wanna, it I wanna go back does yeah. it exist yeah, it does. I don't, I well, mean, let's talk about the dimensions what would you say was, was it it was an above average dorm room at least ours like, was was it 15 by 15 by 15? No. No. <laughs> well, that I'd would be, say 25. It was tall. No. Yeah. No, no, no way. Yeah. No way. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, Dude. no. <laughs> 17? It, it wasn't any bigger than that. Our wall. room, which was 204, 204, was a cube. I mean, it had a very high ceiling, which was really nice. And it was just a square room. But, like, I toured OU before, you know, coming to Belmont. I'm like... I saw some small dorm rooms, you know, mm -hmm. where really there's enough room for the beds. I mean, let's be clear. There was enough room for Andy to dance. Uh, That's important. You know, to, and, you know, to kind of, well, it's like if I said, hey, Andy, show me one of your routines from Koinonia. You know, <laughs> there was enough room, you know, including our beds and some shelves that we had. And, and there was enough room to pull out another mattress so I could do some dramatic. <laughs> <drop>. <laughs> like the mattress, we just slid it out into yeah, the middle yeah. of the room, and there was, there was yeah. enough room. Um, is it sort of an homage to Chris Farley, or any, I don't even remember. I just remember yeah. like Eddie, the silliness. Eddie did a lot of Pratt falls. Eddie would just do a lot of falls. And uh, do you still do that? It, it probably no. Well, that was pre-broken <laughs> pelvis. Yeah, that's, so, uh, yeah, that was. He was a little fast and loose with the. Uh, Eddie would thing. eventually. I remember this clearly. You would break your pelvis during Christmas break of your first year of Belmont. Yeah, came back from Christmas break. I remember bathing you in the shower chair. I've added I some, on some. Yeah, I was, <laughs> I was on some meds. <laughs> I don't remember that part, but um, I do remember John, like carrying my. My roommate. Your shower caddy. Yeah, my shower <laughs> caddy, which he had just become my roommate because my first semester roommate was kind of creepy and weird, and he left and didn't return, but I went potluck that first semester. Blind zombie. He left. I call him blind zombie. And, blind yeah. Zombie. Well, wait. And so what? John Ludlow became my roommate coming back from that Christmas, and we were, we had known each other from that first semester, but I think he was in a similar situation and lost his roommate, so we he moved up into second floor. And yeah, so I, I came back a cripple. I mean, like I was, but I'm I mean, you mentioned the shower caddy. I mean, that's an important part of Pembroke life was the communal shower. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, you know, the room with four spigots. Um, that 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 had some effect on all of our lives. It was it was <laughs> to my mind particularly old school. It was it was a large bathhouse. It was pure grease. It was mm -hmm. like ancient grease. I mean, <laughs> I remember there being four guys, all obviously totally naked, just like talking while two are going to the bathroom, lathering up. Yeah, and then you yeah two more come in to do their business in the stalls. And there was a whole currency of like yelling flush and you know, oh, yeah, other yeah. things yeah, that you had to do. Yeah, because the shower water. You would water lose got your hot. hot or cold water and it became scalding hot. Yeah, it, it wasn't really like it got cold. It, it got... wasn't like it wasn't like something you could do. It was something you had you had to yell flush before the flush or you would scald the person taking the shower right. as a toilet user. And then the classic, you know, someone would be like whoosh. 
and you would be like, was that a flush? <laughs> and you would jump, and you would hear, oh, sorry, flush! And uh, anyway, I, I became somewhat of a ninja with my moves, of needing to move immediately out of the shower as yeah. soon as I... I was just sensitive as soon as someone came into the, the Pembroke bathroom that... Um, they were probably going to scald me, and it was up to me to not get scalded. Well, I mean, as it is, we'd all seen enough prison movies to just be, you know, watching our six for anything that might happen. I mean, you just always, paying, you know, always vigilant. Uh, Eddie, could you, you know, you referenced, well, let me just back this. So for our listeners, um, Andy and Todd, you guys were always roommates, and you knew you were going to be roommates. So that was sort of checked off as terms of things to sort of figure out. I had a I had a roommate from Maine that we had never met until we moved in together that weekend. He was a super nice guy, Rob Burl, and um, Rob and I are friends today. We actually recently uh, connected over Facebook. Um, shout out podcast. to Rob, and uh, he ended up doing really well for himself. By the way, he uh, became close with Michael W. Smith and helps. Anyway, he does a lot he has of great keys, stuff. Right? Like yeah, writing. Uh, and yeah, he's he's a really sharp guy. Um, Eddie, talk to me about what you remember of moving in with your roommate there in Pembroke Hall. Yeah, unfortunately, I don't, I think I remember his first name, but it's probably best I don't, I can't even tell you his name other than Chris. Yes. But yeah, he was, he was from South Tennessee and would go home every weekend, but he was just kind of a scary dude to me. Like at the time coming in, like he was, you know, we were pretty Rob Zombie fan. Rob Zombie fan, but like just a cusser and like just seemed to be angry and like would always. I had long hair and he would talk about like joke about putting nair in my shampoo going to the common shower kind of thing. Like that was like, so that was a legitimate fear. I didn't think he was joking. I was, like took him serious. Like he's going to put nair in my shampoo. <laughs> <laughs> and like he'd come home every weekend with some crazy story. He didn't have a car and someone would pick him up and he'd like. Nuts stories. Is there any stories that stand out in your mind? Uh, hmm. <laughs> yeah, they were, I mean, just like, I think, uh, yeah, just rendezvous with, you know, girlfriends, moms, kind of oh. combo kind of stuff. And you're like, what? Like, that's not even on my radar. Like, that's, yeah. So, a whole other level of secularism. Yeah, really. <laughs> he you know, may not have been a huge Christian music fan. He was not a huge <laughs> Christian music fan, and so it was. But I always wondered why do those people come to Belmont? Because it just felt I, like such a protective environment. That, yeah, his. You know, I think why. he had a family member, and she lived here. I think Great Anne or something like that, who like said, "I'll pay if you go to this school." Because every once in a while, like I said earlier, he didn't have a car, so I would drive him to. Um, see his aunt out in some apartment comp complex out off of 440 and we'd pick he'd pick up a, like some he's just some spending cash or something but there was some kind of arrangement that that's how he ended up here for a semester he was studying math or something like that but i think he was brilliant and he just didn't care about Very anything angry. yeah i don't yeah we never had too many conversations you said that 
he thought he he just left at some point in that first semester and didn't come back? Yeah, if I can remember correctly. It was kind of like uh, the last couple weeks of the first semester, I was just solo. Hey, like, and I, I didn't have a problem with it at that point. It was like, I knew I wouldn't lose my hair in some nair crazy thing. Oh, man. Uh, but yeah, that was, yeah, that's kind of that story. Um, do you all remember personalities from this? So, because we were all on the second floor, do you remember people from? Try and if you can focus on that, because I know we were in Pembroke two years, but other people that you haven't thought of maybe in a very long time, maybe we could come up with a little. Matt bit. Turner was on our floor. Matt, Scott Parker, Scott Parker. Scott. David and Jeff, David Hanna and Jeff Mayfield. Scott. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Was, Scott was Aaron's roommate, right? Right. Aaron, uh, Aaron Sands. Sands. Yeah. Um, and a whole Aaron, bunch of baseball guys. Was Aaron on our floor? Aaron Sands on our floor? Yeah. 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 He was roommates with Scott. That's great. Come get your pizza. Um, do you remember our RAs? Resident? Adam. Adam and Lindsay, wouldn't it? Adam. Yeah. Adam, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Adam, Harry, I, Harry Frankenfeld, yeah. Was, that was Harry, right? <laughs> like Harry, yeah. yeah. And then who was who was at the end of the Scott and Scott Scojo? Oh uh, yeah, Scott Johnson, Scott Keith, Keith. Scott and Keith. Moved to Heron at some point. Keith May, yeah, yeah. Scott Johnson and Keith yeah. May. That was that crew. Was there a time where it seemed like you you knew every? single maybe not like BFF or something but you knew everyone's room kind of three, three quarters I, I remember not I mean it's I think it's just a function of living for eight or nine months in a I, I do remember knowing everybody's personality and who they were yeah I just I mean I was in the dorm is your freshman year you're in the dorm kind of a lot I mean Eddie appeared naked to half of floor. <laughs> no just in your little you know okay can you guys keep it down <laughs> I did go to bed early, and so um, there was a couple of moments where well, just it was, for effect. I mean, know, just for effect, you come out naked. That, and go, that was hey once. guys, can you keep it down? <laughs> Forgot about that. Yeah, the whole room full, playing some kind of uh, no. Weird it was just the hallway. hallway. Yeah, you know, sort of baseball type game. Yeah, <laughs> that was good. Yeah, but I, yeah, I think I went to bed early. Relative, it was probably still like one nine. <laughs> but I remember there being a lot of commotion in the hallway, and me just—I didn't sleep naked. But at that time, I thought it'd be funny if I pretended like I did and said, "Hey guys, can you keep it down?" And kind of came out like half like, oh, "What? You guys, I can't sleep." <laughs> so look, there's two things at Pembroke that you just have to mention, like part of Pembroke life. One was. Visiting hours for girls. I mean, like, that's a quintessential part of Pembroke life. But not our lives. Oh, sure. We had people over, but doors had to be open at a 45-degree angle. Todd. <laughs> I, no, I, um... No, we I had was... a lot of friends that came over, yeah. Yeah. Watch yeah. some movies. Can you talk about who you remember coming over? Ooh. No. Can you talk about? Can you talk about? Was the door open? Yeah. Okay. Did Eddie show up naked to your? No. Well, that was an issue. I remember specifically there was it was the night of one of the dances that they would have like winter formal. Spring gala. Right. I remember those. And and you know you we we lived at the end of the hall in the corner and so, and the bathroom was at the middle mm-hmm. middle point. It was a long kind of narrow hallway and, and so you know when you got ready for a shower. 
most of us would just put a towel on and walk down to the showers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And and I w- was either going to the shower or coming back from a shower, and I guess it was during visiting hours, the night before one of these events or something, and and I passed uh, Scott Parker's room, and he was in there with his girlfriend, and Dude. I'm walking by in a hall, you know, down the hall with a, just a towel on, and. It was just, you know, it was kind of like a... Hey. <laughs> so, it was just sort of a funny... an accident. <laughs> no, no, okay. I did not. But it was just sort of a funny thing, you know, it's like, oh, hey, you know. I mean, it's just a strange phenomenon to be in in a place, like, it's socially, you know, we're supposed... They make such efforts to keep, you know girls and boys in separate quarters and they can only visit during these times and yet you know because of the nature of the bathroom setup it's like we're they're half naked gentlemen wandering down the hallways <laughs> with, with girls around it's just it was just an interesting dynamic yeah which also which all sounds so quaint in light of what we know to be true today i mean as far as even belmont goes where i don't think any of those rules still apply I mean, they have co-ed dorms, you know, these days. Really? But they don't yeah. have shower. No, shower but, no, of course not. But I mean, but they have like co-ed dorms where one floor is boys, one floor is girls. You know, not nec- as best you know, not necessarily like fully co-ed. Like, no, no it's not fully co-ed. No, uh-huh. and they probably still have visiting hours. I would guess. Probably so, but I mean, I'm guessing they don't have the 45 degree rule, which, which again, sounds sort of quaint, mm-hmm. you know, in 2015. The other dynamic of Pembroke was drums. Oh man! Or any oh. music. Two to four was practice we hours. Had a drum, Todd and I had a, dr- a very serious drummer that lived above us, and just it was tough. It I was had a very tough. serious drummer that was my roommate for the second half. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, yeah. there was more than a few times that I don't know. We didn't have a broom, but we had something right that we banged on the ceiling when yeah. it was four thirty, well past drumming hours <laughs> or musician hours or practice hours. And uh, we would bang it on the ceiling. He'd bang back down, you know. <laughs> and keep going. Kind of let you know, yeah, screw you, I'm going to keep drumming. And uh, so we would spend a lot of time in the library between two and four. Well, but you mentioned something. I mean, I just I think this is worth fertile ground here, the, 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 the quaintness of Belmont. But that's really, when you brought up doing this podcast, and I started thinking about what... You know, those years, like that time, and it's like what, it's kind of remarkable to me how innocent it really was. Like we really, I mean, with what is going on, you know, in college campuses these days, and and, and it's, I'm sure it was happening then too, but just not at our, not in our environment. You know, I mean, we really. We're sort of blissfully unaware of yeah, the I mean, really bad things going on, you know. And, and, and you know, this, I mean, I guess maybe the sacrifice of that that we made was occasional boredom. (laughs) (laughs) And oh, what a sacrifice it was. But, but it really was, I mean, it's pretty unusual. It was, I think an unusual, uh, college experience. There's no question it was unusual. Yeah. I mean, not quite Lipscomb might, you know, Lipscomb esque with the curfew, but I mean, Well, well, that's forced upon them. Somehow the four of us came together and kind of created that same dynamic just on our own. Like in the f- you, you, I think it's called accountability. Yet. Yeah, well, that's it. I mean, it was kind of a weird, uh, you know. I, I Justice just, is your time to. Like, no, I just agree. I, I, I recently, um, I recently heard some music at a bar with my girlfriend. We're sitting 
and I'll just tell you guys, it was, um, and I know this is the next year, pretty much, that this music will reference, but I, they, the Spars just started playing from beginning to end the album, um, Counting Crows, August, and everything. Oh, yeah. Oh, and it God. reminded me, it reminded me just of being in Pembroke Hall, and I know that album kind mm. of matured more in our second year that we were together, but I, I got, um, Terry's like, why, are you upset? Why are you, why are you being, being emotional? I'm like, hearing this album from start to finish like this they're just playing this it makes I remember so clearly a kind of innocence oh from... there's a soundtrack to Belmont for me I mean yeah. you know that, <laughs> that is one of the you know one of the albums of that soundtrack I mean yeah yeah the, I can't imagine the, if, one th and I, I wonder if you guys feel similar or, or just have a comment on this I went to a public high school Kempsville High School my 10th, 11th, 12th grade year. And it, it was just, it was a suburban kind of white middle class ish um, experience. Very little drugs, very little gangs, um, and and I uh, I had kind of a I, I was a, just a kind of a medium person. I had a pretty good experience in high school, but it seemed socially pretty complex. And I knew who the rich kids were, and I knew who. I knew who some of the messed up kids were. Messed up, usually, like, they weren't really into hardcore drugs, but just sort of, like, they were somehow on the outside of things. My experience of going to Belmont was this... It reminded me of going to some of the smallest Christian schools I went to as a little kid, where there was just not a whole lot going on. And the sense of a sophisticated social environment seemed like it wasn't there I felt like I had come from a sophisticated social environment and now I was in a pretty predictable place of hey most of these people are um, I, they're pretty focused in some way or another on their majors and they don't have a lot of philosophical things they're working out or I don't know and I I, I do I guess it just I'm trying to prove the point of it seemed like a place to enter into and it was an innocence to it and, I mean, I think you said it well, Andy, about the boredom. I did feel kind of bored at times that first year. I wasn't, and I don't, I look back now and I'm like, was it, that, I'm, I'm almost sure it was my own fault. It wasn't, it wasn't like there wasn't plenty to do. And I, I realize now I probably mixed some fear in, which is getting to know different kinds of people. I'm sure Belmont had a ton of different people. Yeah, I think they well, did. Well, I think it's important to address the elephant in the room, which is boredom for us for, is sort of code for, not being able to sow our wild oats to the extent that we would like to. I mean, dare I say that that Belmont was sort of, to me, an uncomplicated social environment, which for me, looking back, I'm okay with that. You know, I mean, the high school, in some ways, was more complicated in its social stratas. Um, you know, Belmont was not. I mean, it was just sort of live and let live. There was, you know, the people doing their own thing, and there were sort of the people that were really interested in creating community, and and we, you know, were willing participants in that community, and it was fun um, on, a, on, on some level. On the other hand, whatever angst that existed, you know, that, that we sort of classify as boredom or just sort of this, oh, it's all so funny now looking back that, you know, it was quaint. Um, I think a big part of that was just this idea that, I think we all sort of had this idea in our heads of what college was. Mm -hmm. You know, it was the, I don't know, for me, like, if, if I hadn't gone to Belmont, I had gone to, you know, I would have gone to Oklahoma University, where everything's Greek, you know, everything's 
you know, it's just sort of the quintessential state school where, you know, you, you, you party, you know, mm-hmm. you know, anywhere but Tuesday to Thursday, you know, otherwise it's, <laughs> it's, it's party. And so that idea that the, that's what college is sort of this giant release of the, I've been under someone else's command for the last 18 years and this is where I go and cut loose. You know, on some level, we were able to do that because we had some freedom. We were able to do all the things that kind of we wanted to do. But we all sort of had this self-restraint of, you know, there's a line we don't cross. And on some level, that was a conflict. There was tension there because we wanted to cross the line. Um, but we didn't allow ourselves to. We kind of held each other in check. Well, and at the time, Belmont was officially a Christian college. Like... Like when we got there, it, well, just as the caring at, Christian environment. Yeah, over the four year, five years that we were there, like it kind of disbanded that. But it, we kind of signed. We signed up for a Christian college. We were going to a Christian college initially when we went there. So I think the four of us are pretty at the time were rule followers. So we're just yeah. like we're we're playing by the rules and yeah. I would. We but, tested the limits here and there, but I mean, for we the got up part, on the roof once, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or twice, or eight times. But Fidelity I mean, that was about as crazy as it got for us, I think. But <laughs> at least until the townhouses. But neither here nor there. Um, but but I mean, I think that's one important point here is that the boredom. You know, like I think there was plenty of opportunity to to make it more a little more exciting if that's you know if that's what we wanted. But I mean, on some level, we didn't want that. I mean, or it was sort of that, well, that or tension. Or just a of, lack of creativity, I mean. I, I guess, but I mean, you can only play so much Bible trivia, right? I mean, it was that idea that we were holding ourselves back. Oh, we had... Whatever we, we, we would look at as more exciting. I just remember having, like, serious conversations about grace at those times, especially with Todd. Like, we, we come from different backgrounds, but really the same, like, in a lot of ways. We were just like, what does grace mean? And, like, what... How how much can we dabble in grace? Yeah, I remember having serious conversations with you no about that. No question, because I mean, um, like, college. I mean, you know, I look back, and again, I don't regret one one ounce of what I went through. Um, you know, there's some parts of me that that sort of say, oh, you know, you wish you could have had a little bit more of a quintessential college experience, which we didn't have. I mean, we had a bubble sort of college experience, but then again, Eddie, to your point, you know, that 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 sort of discussion of Grace, for instance. I mean, like, there's some, you know, really stretching conversations and some really, uh, you know, interesting ideas that we talked about. No, but we were talking about grace, like, what can we get away oh, with? Oh, I know. Kind of, no, that I know. That's what I'm saying. I mean, like, I was stretched so many ways in terms of what do I really believe? And, you know, and am I willing to bend on, you know, a number of different things? And so many things... I really formed, you know, new ideas. And so college for me ended up being exactly what it's supposed to be. This thing that bombards all the preconceived ideas you have and and challenges all of them and forces you to have a panic of like, man, what do I really believe about this? You know, for instance, alcohol. Like, I know how, you know, for anybody listening, that's, it seems silly to think that, you know, alcohol in college seems to be fairly synonymous but, Eddie, you know, you come from the Northeast, or, well, I mean, I know it's the Midwest, but, I mean, for, for Oklahomans, it's the Northeast. Uh, but, but you know, okay, put it this way. You come, from a place where, you come from a place where Christians can drink. I come from a place where Christians can't drink, you know, and, and so being challenged just simply on the idea, like, 
you know, the, the first time you had a beer, I'm, I'm like, what, like my world was, was rocked. Well, and, uh, and it's funny. And that's a good thing. Well, even like, uh, I think it was year 21st and we come back and we waited literally like we didn't drink, but maybe a few sips. I had turned 21 first, but I just remember specifically you and I getting like sloshed for your birthday. Coming I back. I don't know what you're talking about. Okay. Sorry. Uh, Coming back and being in trouble with our roommates. Like, that's not, yeah. that's not in college. Yeah, that's <laughs> we right. got in trouble because we came back and we were, like, just being silly drunk. Uh, and Jeff and Andy are just really discouraged with, I cannot believe the decisions you guys are making. I mean, it was Todd's 21st birthday. <laughs> But I look back on that and I'm just so thankful for that. I mean, you know, however silly that sounds, I mean, like, that's, I feel like that's exactly where God wanted me, be, me to be at that time and it was a good thing. Yeah, it's uh, just funny to think. Yeah, it is that. funny. Um, it's hilarious, <laughs> but it's, you know, but it's also sweet and I, I appreciate it. Um, I, I do appreciate what you just said, Todd, with um, uh, having having a way of being in college that you are in fact growing I think and you were I think if I understood what you were saying right it was you and Eddie talking about theological points which is kind of funny because that's not maybe the most typical thing that you're growing in but I oh on the contrary <laughs> um I mean Andy you and I used to sit up late talking about this or that it was usually how far can we go with women, um, or in, li in lieu of that, just ourselves. <laughs> or not you and I, but um, you know. Yeah. That part is getting edited. That, yeah. Uh, no. But um, uh, uh, there was such. There was such. I don't remember. <laughs> there was. Um, it was. It was as if we. I think in different ways did ha carry a lot of um, a sense of boundaries. We needed to, we needed to be thinking about boundaries a lot, and that is unique. I, I and one you know, knowing you guys as I have for many years, I I um, I, don't, I mean I don't, I don't know if that's something that mo that most of my friends maybe have or not. Like this, just sense of boundaries about. Uh, I guess personal decisions when it comes to these, I, I guess you could call them sins of the flesh or what have you, but it was, it was this, that was unique to our college experience. And I, I guess I, it's nice to talk about that and get with the, with the um, you know, luxury of time to be able to notice that for what it is. In my interactions with college students these days, which are pretty infrequent, but you know, I'm, Around, I mean, I work at a university, and I'm around this area, and I bump into them occasionally and have a conversation. I don't. I mean, I don't know. I, I don't. I don't. It seems normal now to expect that college students are going to party. They're going to experiment. It is an experiment laden time. Um, we we typically just didn't engage that area. We had other things to do. Well, I think part of it was that, you know, for all the stretching that happens when you're in college, we had, you know, it's a, it's a difficult time individually to decide what you're all about and to take all the things that, that have been pumped into your head over 18 years and then try to evolve from that. But I'm thankful that I had the three of you as sounding boards and, 
you know, I mean, it was, it was a good thing ultimately. And I, I think it's something that, you know, I look back on as being a precious thing that not a lot of people may have that, that you're trying to figure this out all on your own. Um, and we, we really kept nothing to ourselves. I mean, I think for the four of us, you know, it was really, we were all open books to each other. And, and I look at that as, as a really, really positive thing. We were all trying to figure it out together and, you know, we were, you know, helping each other figure it out. Well, I mean, I think it's a testament to the fact that this is, I mean, a, a podcast that, jo- that Jeff brought to us together, but it's not like a reunion like this. The four of us have been together for 22 years and we still meet up. We're still in the same town. Four for, times a year. <laughs> uh, officially with the four of us, you know, I think we each get our single dates with each other. But, um, but yeah, I think that's pretty amazing that there's probably not too many people that can say, like, the four people I hung out with in college are, like, are serious friends still 20-some years later in the same town, you know? That's, yeah. I mean, other than mm-hmm. a short stint by Andy leaving us for, like, three or four years or whatever. But six. Oh. It was six. Wild. That was, was six years. Wild. Yeah. Two of, wow. uh, 2005 to 2011. I pretty much but I was, erased know, I was that from my memory. Yeah. Like it's... <laughs> no, it's, it's, yeah, I think it's pretty remarkable. Um, I agree. I, I, I am interested in that as well, Eddie, because I, I'm not, I, my impression is that it is special. We met within the first few weeks of college, you two, um, Andy and Todd would have met, you know, because you're going to be roommates. Eddie and I would have met, I think, within... Are you able to pinpoint it? I would say within the first... First couple of weeks, right? No, it was days. We... And we had maybe a class or two... I think... I feel like we were just kind of like the orientation. What is that thing called? Freshman orientation. Yeah, the towering tradition. Yeah, that whole thing. And somehow... I just remember, like, my first moments of Jeff were in that common area, kind of, I don't even know what it was called, but the... Student center? But it was outside. Kind of like mm-hmm. with that... Yeah. that oh, the quad. By the, yeah, the quad. But, you know, we we ended up going to Newsboys the show together. We went the to see the Newsboys. Yeah. And maybe so, at War Memorial Auditorium. I don't know who had tickets, and I don't even know if I was a Newsboys fan before that. I don't think I was. I think it was like, oh, I've heard of them. Um, let's go. And we went to War Memorial. Newsboys uh, used to have a drummer that would rise off the stage. And they don't used to. <laughs> <laughs> it's still happening. He still it, does They're it. not ashamed. Yeah, they still do that. <laughs> Very good. That's part of their shtick still. So we all four met, like, within the first two weeks, though, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's ping pong. Maybe well, because you guys, first somehow Jeff knew you two, and then I came in, somehow Jeff brought me into the... The, this relationship that he had with these guys that he met through. Maybe you guys are on the same Tower and Traditions oh. or something. Maybe so. Somehow Jeff well, knew you guys. Were, and me and Todd just had a well, I think Andy out. had met Jeff somehow. That makes sense. Well, I remember, <laughs> Andy, I remember meeting, I remember knowing in some very essential but not personal way, I was like, that's Andy. And I remember... Um, Introducing myself to you down at a, con- a free concert that Belmont was giving th- for of the Lounge Founders, yes. and there was free, there was <laughs> free, free pizza, Papa free Jones. pizza, free Papa Jones pizza. Which little did we know, pizza that in and of Andy itself, will be there. 
Is it motif for the rest of our lives? Right. I mean, <laughs> it really did kind of rule our activities for at least two years. I mean, it changed a little bit when we we changed we moved to the townhouses, but while we were on campus proper. Free pizza our our activities were kind of dictated by where's the free pizza. <laughs> FCA, SGA, um, CMS. Yeah. Whenever you just, yeah, I agree. The free pizza component. I had never had Papa John's pizza. It was a little better than any pizza yeah. I had before. Yeah. Um, it was so, just the garlic sauce. Yes. <laughs> the dipping sauce. But I, so meeting you at that lounge flannel show, which I will say was in the first week or so of, of college, um, that and I remember I hope not in a climber I mean I liked I liked you I wasn't climbing but I was like I hope I also eventually get to know Todd Colburn and I was kind of like I think they know each other I don't even I don't remember knowing that you guys lived together uh, in the same room and then I wish I could remember the first thing the four of us did ping pong it was ping pong when me and Todd were very competitive and now it wasn't like we played doubles or anything with me and Todd no he <laughs> said he played ping pong while you two talked that sounds about right. Yeah, <laughs> and, and, and Eddie and I developed a very quick uh, but very intense uh, rivalry. A competition. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's funny. I can't um, say that I can remember who won or if. I did. Oh, whatever. Maybe. I mean, I do remember. <laughs> I killed you. All of us would have had. All of us would have had cafeteria plans. Mm, yeah. Yes. And um, we probably would have sat together. Some eating of, a lot of cereal all, together. Yeah, almost <laughs> too much. A and lot of waffles. A lot of yeah. There was lucky charms. A lot of lucky charms and Captain Crunch. I think that's one thing that that <laughs> kind of developed. I mean, it, we really we really spent a lot of time together, and pretty much, you know, could be seen walking across campus as a foursome, uh, somewhat regularly. I think, and. It, and it's not as if we were totally closed off, especially in the early, like in the first two years of school. We weren't really we were open to other people, but it's just like we were comfortable with one another and we had a good thing going. And so we didn't really feel the need to reach out beyond our borders. Well, and at some point we kind of became a collective, <laughs> like we were really a singular identity. Yeah, yeah. It kind of yeah. It was, Which, thing, I, it was kind of weird. That I haven't thing. had that. I, that did not happen for me in other points in my life. It was uh, sort of like an unusual uh-huh. why four, why not six? I mean, maybe four is some but sort of. But that's what's so number. awesome about it. Like it really was unlike any other set of relationships that I have. Um, so I, you know, yeah, I agree. It's it's a bit of a mystery, and I'm comfortable with that. Um, <laughs> each of, each of us came from different states. Um, let's see. And you, you or I may have come from the furthest away, but you no, you. I mean, yeah, was, we we're all about ten equal. hours away. Yeah, I'm eleven-ish hours, ten or eleven hours yeah, away. I'm only nine. Um, <laughs> I think Todd was the only one of the four of us that visited all of our hometowns. Yes, wow. which he would I'm always. Cap. Yeah, he was always proud of that because mm. I was at Jeff's house, but I was never to. I went to yours for your wedding, Todd, but yeah. never made it to Madison. I've been everywhere but Michigan. <laughs> I mean, I've been to Michigan without daddies. I have not. I don't think I've. I've never spent. I went. I went. In, I went to a wedding. We went to a wedding in the bottom of Michigan, one time. Yeah, Andy. but I've never. In Detroit spent, was it Detroit area? Yeah. yeah. I don't Wait. know if we went downtown or anything. 
It doesn't matter. That's not even what They were married in the Pontiac Silverdome <laughs> auction shortly thereafter. I guess if it's just as we wrap up, what for me has been a really enjoyable kind of a kind of a walk down memory lane. But but um, I I get maybe there's two questions. Let, let me ask this one: Is there something that seemed unresolved when you were? coming into Nashville, coming into Belmont that first summer, there's something about it was particularly unresolved that now is, I'm just going to use a really vague term, something was unresolved but now it's better. <laughs> um, regarding work, family, social life. I, I can speak to that. Um, I think, I mean, I, as I, as you mentioned earlier, I I was coming into Belmont as a chemistry major. I mean, I, I, I was interested in science, and I wanted to pursue that. And at the same time, though, I, and I think this was one of the reasons I came to Belmont, is I had this sort of um, interest and, in, you know, I didn't know if it was a calling or not, but I kind of was attracted to some element of, of ministry... I don't even know if you guys knew that, but I kind of thought, well, I was struggling with whether or not I should be involved in, you know, youth ministry or something like that. And, and I guess I felt like at least at Belmont, I could, if I decided to do that, there was a pathway for that. Whereas if I had gone to a big state school, you know, there really wasn't a way to pursue that there, um, at least that I knew of. And so, you know, I wasn't, I just wasn't quite sure what I wanted to do. I mean, as most freshmen yeah. probably aren't, and um, and it took you know four years for me to figure it out, and and, I, and on some level, I think I've I've never figured it out, but um, <laughs> but I definitely, I mean, by the time I was a senior and about to graduate, I mean, I kind of discovered um, art my senior year at Belmont, and and that became a passion of mine, and I ended up you know, pursuing that really as my, um, I mean, career's a strong word, but, uh, vocation. Yeah. I've, I've definitely, that, that's been the thing that's sort of guided my interests for the past, um, 18 years. So, um, I don't know that that has much to do with, with, with what you're asking, but I felt like I identified with, with that question on some level, just because it was, def it was something I was very concerned with. Cause I, I mean, kind of going back to how we operated <laughs> at that time, I think we all kind of just, we had a desire to, to kind of do the right thing, you know, mm. and whatever that was, we, we were kind of seeking that. And I wanted to do whatever it was that I was supposed to do in terms of my, my life and my career or whatever. And I guess that's what it No, parents. that's good. You yeah. found your wife at Belmont. Oh yeah, and uh, <laughs> hey, hey, Laura, <laughs> hey, hey, girl, Andy, Andy's there's some stuff going on behind the camera. Um, Andy's, Andy's a lovely wife, who's also a friend of mine, is uh, faculty in the business school. Yes, um, Laura Mitchell. Sub marketing. <laughs> so. Um, so. 
Hey, well, let me ask Eddie or Todd, who are quickly losing their ability to sit here and deal with this podcast. Oh, <laughs> Either what, it's if, more Andy's long. Well, let me let answers. me. Um, trying to peel back the layers, and I appreciate it. He's <laughs> like, what? Um, and he's not even here to defend let me, let me phrase it this way. If either of you two could go back and visit yourself as you showed up on move-in day yeah. and pull yourself aside and back in time, this is back to the future version, mm. what would you, what, if you could spend three or five minutes with yourself in a strange wormhole, would you say something encouraging or would you be like, get the hell out of here? <laughs> I think I'd say grab some Apple stock. <laughs> today, okay. today, grab yeah. some apple stock, and um, yeah, just I don't know, chill out. Like I think we took it a little serious. Not that that was it all turned out good, but like I think we could have had more fun, and not like party fun, but just it would have just taken ourselves too yeah. seriously. We took ourselves too serious. That's what I'm trying to say. Like yeah, yeah. You we could have, we you could have made that. make well, more friends. Well, identify with that. What I I know what I would have told my first day self, which is, um, it's going to be okay. Oh, mm. I, I I remember like I uh, <laughs> I half attempted to journal. This is not a sort of an end note, but it's really more of a beginning note. But I remember the first Friday night at Belmont that I experienced with nothing to do. Mm. Andy had something to do. You guys were out doing something, and I was literally in the dorms alone. And you were I was playing hook ping pong or uh, pinball. No, no, no. I was in my room and um, and I felt like there was some kind of concert going on, maybe or I don't know. I mean, like you hear all kinds of you know yeah. noise of fun happening outside your your window, and I just remember feeling as about as miserable as I've ever felt in my life, just huh. super lonely. Huh. Um, and I remember trying to journal, <laughs> trying to record just how miserable I felt because it was just like. I just don't do well alone. I like being around around people. And it, it just felt like, wow, everybody has something going on and I don't. Mm. <laughs> and, uh, and with Belmont being sort of an extension of high school in some level, it just sort of had that carried that same pressure of like, there's, there's, there's fun and great things being, ha- you know, fun being had and I'm not part of it. And somehow that makes me less than. And I, I think that would be <laughs> the one thing I would tell myself is it's all going to work out. Yeah. You know, it's okay. There's not, there's not some, I mean, what I hear you, and I insert myself in this too, there was some sort of perfectionism that I think I, I still deal with. I'm like, I, things have to be perfect or they're all kind of shit. Things have to be just like this movie in my head of my life or else they're really going very poorly. Yeah. Um, which is not how life works. And we're constantly, we're constantly dealing with a, a pretty sweet mid-range of experience and emotions. <laughs> and those need to be good enough because very rarely are you going to be inside the movie in your own head of your life. Um, I appreciate that. I, I, uh, I think if my 60-year-old self could come back to today, if I suddenly went to the bathroom and there he was on the toilet or something. Um, <laughs> first, he would say, hey, wait. I'm not sure I follow. But second, but second I, think, I think the main advice is don't be a perfectionist and don't, don't force something to happen in isolation, whereas you could be present with other people right now. And, and I think that rolls out to, hey, the relationships you have in your life 
are the best possible relationships you could have. Don't don't be climbing onto some other. Stay with what you, you know. Exist and be in the life that you are given. It's all a gift. You're supposed to be in the middle of it. Um, don't don't hold those things at arm's length, thinking there's something you're missing. Is what I hear you saying. Final, final, final question. Um, you guys, this is a chance for worldwide plugging of whatever you're into, whatever you would like for folks to know about you. We're going to put some stuff in the show notes about who you are and where you are. But, um, Todd, what, what does the World Wide Web need to know? What would you like for them to know? <laughs> you, you really don't need to know anything about me. Um, what if I'm about to open up the option for, I don't know, a business insurance? <laughs> Jeff, I am, uh, uh, despite being an accounting and finance major, I am, uh, I'm in an investment business and uh, I manage corporate retirement plans. So if you are interested in setting up a corporate retirement plan, please call 615-742-8735. That's 615-742-8735. Follow me on Twitter at Todd Colburn. My website is www.todd-colburn.com. No, this is good. This is what I want. It's not. It's not. I want to connect people with you, so absolutely. If you love everything I had to say today, please follow me on Twitter, where you will find... You are... I know you're really involved with your family. Todd has a beautiful family of five children. Thanks, Jeff. And your lovely wife, Jen. And... You guys are really involved with so many good things, including you've been you've been members at Grace Community forever. Yeah, so uh, that is pretty awesome. If somebody wants to get to know you better, coming come find me at Grace Community Church. Bring on the Grace. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Andy, what's up? What what would you like to plug? Say, um, well, as mentioned earlier, uh, I'm the husband to Laura Mitchell Harding who's professor of marketing at Belmont. And uh, we have two children, Maeve and Hazel. I am an artist. Uh, I've got a show that's actually at Belmont opening on Thursday. The reception is from 5 to 7. We did not plan this to be... But it's pretty amazing that this show is at Belmont University. Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> it's weird. Yeah. That's cool. I like it. But, uh, yeah, it's sculpture. Um... The show is called Ghost Structures. I like it. <laughs> Thank you. That was Eddie providing a ghost. <laughs> Speaking of Eddie, oh, talk. What? What? What would you? I like think. I mean, I, I don't know if I can speak for all four of us, but we will be at this event if everyone would like to <laughs> come meet us, get autographs, whatever. We'll be at. We'll be at the <laughs> ghost show. <laughs> Uh, what's your question? Talk to me about your company. Yeah. You're doing stuff. Well, I took that, um, AutoCAD thing, forget the regular, um, music engineering and became a kind of a designer and marketing guy and, uh, I have my own company. Yeah. Been doing it for 10 years. It's Boerhouse, B-O-E-R-H-A-U-S.com. Not an amazing website, but I build websites. So that's where you can find me and Eddie, E-D-D-Y, B-O-E-R. You can find me on Twitter or whatever. One thing the world needs to know is you are very talented with graphic design, including you've done some of 
Toby Mac's recent art. Yeah, the last few things. The last few things, Toby Mac of, of DC Talk, Toby McKeon fame. Um, so, anyway, Eddie is a great guy to get to know. And um, if you're famous enough, he'll do some graphic design for your albums. Yeah. Guys, have we, have we had a pretty good time? Has this been good? Yeah. it's. I mean, it's funny because it is our normal conversation. So I'm glad we got it on tape. <laughs> like, this is a typical conversation, but now they're just a... You know, a mic in front of my mouth, and we're just, you know, we caught these moments on tape, which is Next cool. Next time we get together and just want to relax, we can just play this in the background and uh, not have to worry about actually saying much to each other. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Andy Harding, Eddie Bower, and yours truly, Jeff Little. Four guys trying to look back to when they first met 22 years ago at Belmont University. I hope you found the energy of the conversation pleasant. And <laughs> I hope that you are able to enjoy some relationships maybe today maybe this week sometime soon that go back a little ways that's been my observation with recording this and doing this is just when someone knows you a while it's pretty sweet um now is the time to quote is it the old country lyric you can't make new old friends <laughs> well anyway the point is um I'm super thankful for you, dear listener, and for these guys. Thank you, Belmont University, who I give a hard time to a little too often. If it's that important to you, Belmont, to say you're 125 years old, okay. Uh, <laughs> Belmont was, was established in 1951, but they are claiming some additional heritage. And you know, I need to let that be okay. Thank you again. Until next time, this is Jeff Little for The Attentionist. <laughs>